2: Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. WBBM Newstime, 1203. Great to have you with us for the Tuesday edition of the Noon Business Hour. I'm Cisco Kodo.
0: And I'm Rachel Pearson.
2: The Noon Business Hour, presented by the Village of Bedford Park. Travel Tuesday. The Greek Islands is all of a sudden a hot spot. A lot of people heading there from the U.S. Mayor Lightfoot's cast some doubt on a run for a second term during an interview with the New York Times. We'll cover that in our next segment with Greg Hines of Crane's Chicago Business. Right now, a big day of economic data led by the latest report on home prices. Let's get some analysis from Greg McBride, Chief Financial Analyst at Bankrate.com, based in Palm Beach Gardens, Florida. Uh, Greg, kind of give us the nuts and bolts here. What what are we seeing in the latest home price numbers?
3: Home prices uh, through the roof. Uh, you know, S&P, Case-Shiller up 17% year over year, and the FHFA came out with their price index. Up 18% year-over-year. Year. Um, you know, both of those just, you know, I think, a reflection of the fact that there's very limited inventory. There's a lot of strong bidding going on, and buyers have that tailwind of, of low mortgage rates. So a lot more demand than there is supply continuing to push those home prices up.
2: Help us to understand, is there any kind of an impact, positive or negative, on the wider economy when you see home prices rising like this so far so fast?
3: Well, I think the concern becomes sustainability. Uh, Does it go too far too fast? Generally, the rise in prices means homeowners are sitting on a lot more equity. You're starting to see people tap into some of that equity to do things like home improvements. So there is a positive uh, boost to the economy from that as long as those prices don't go too far too fast and then have to correct later.
0: Well, Greg, not maybe as noticeable of of a growth here, but durable goods, they've seen some steady progress, 13 of the last 14 months. Can we attribute uh, any of that success to the housing uh, prices?
3: Well, Rachel, uh, you know, durable goods, like you said, uh, you know, has continued to be strong. Businesses continue to spend. Um, That's consistent with Ongoing economic growth, I think the, the main thing is, you know, we're going to continue to see economic growth. And we're going to continue to see business spending. I think both of those downshifting to a, a slightly lower gear. Um, you know, I don't know how much of that's connected to what we're seeing in housing, but I think the underlying factor for both of those is, is cheap borrowing. You know, that, that does facilitate both business spending as well as uh, consumers buying houses.
0: Well, and what are we seeing in some of those consumer confidence numbers? Yeah,
3: I mean, the highest level since February of 2020, which might seem like 100 years ago, but pre-pandemic, uh, we saw June num- June numbers were also revised higher. So, uh, you know, you've got the labor market viewed very positively. People see that jobs are very plentiful. And, you know, the significance here is consumer spending accounts for almost 70 percent of economic output, so as goes the consumer So goes the
2: U.S. economy. Always appreciate good analysis from Greg McBride, Chief Financial Analyst at Bankrate.com. Just ahead, we'll talk with Greg Hines of Crane's Chicago Business, contemplating the likelihood of a Mayor Lightfoot re-election run. Mayor Lightfoot has told the New York Times a re-election bid is, in her words, not a gimme. Let's find out about that. Get some analysis from Greg Hines, a columnist at Crane's Chicago Business. Uh, Greg, at, at this level, I mean, she's not running again until 2023. D- does she have to say this? Does she have to be coy about this this early? Well, politicians
4: uh, seem to always handle this a little bit differently. Um, and to be perfectly honest, none of them ever quite tell the truth. <laughs> Good, bad, or neutral. They always uh, tend to show a little leg and then pull it back or whatever. Uh, but in this case, it was striking that the mayor seemed to publicly cast as much doubt on a re-election bid as, as she did. She could have uh, flipped this off and said, as she told uh, a radio interviewer here in Chicago a couple of weeks ago, that hey, I haven't made up my mind yet. It's a long time. Uh, I'm going to take my time. Talk to my talk to my wife or whatever. I mean, J.B. Pritzker, the governor, uh, went for many months saying, denying, even though even though he was piling tons of money into his campaign fund, that uh, he'd made up his mind yet. Uh, but uh, you know, in this case. The mayor publicly groused at length uh, to, to the Times reporter um, about, uh, gee, you know how how tough this environment is and how mean people are and uh, how difficult it is to be a black woman uh, and a lesbian in this environment. Uh, and it, it was it, it was striking that she was quite that candid, uh, and it raised some questions about whether the mayor, you know, maybe she's having a bad day, maybe she was trying to send a message to her supporters to pump them up and, you know, hey, get busy guys and help me out here. Or maybe she was just being honest that uh, that she has real problems with the job and its difficulty and uh, and uh, uh, might not do it again. Now, later yesterday when she was questioned about it by local press, she seemed to back off that a little bit. But nonetheless, she said what she said, and it 's going to raise some questions, particularly among political fundraisers and gee, why am I going to why now I want to throw money to somebody that maybe has run it
2: when it comes to the the state of the city right now. It seems like a difficult job for anyone, right? I mean, it doesn't matter who, whether she runs and is reelected or someone else is in there. Uh, you, you got financial issues. You got crime issues. You, you have a city trying to rebound from a pandemic. Uh, I mean, it seems like the difficult nature of the job is going to be there regardless of who ends up being in charge.
4: Oh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want uh, want this job now. And uh, God bless uh, Lori Lightfoot for taking it on, because it, it is incredibly difficult. And while she's had, hit some bumps, uh, she's had some successes, too. Uh, she's been very active, for instance, in trying to pull more investment cash into uh, minority neighborhoods that have been uh, uh, cash short uh, are falling apart forever. Uh, I give her credit for that. I thought she did a reasonably good job uh, handling the pandemic um, so far. Uh, on the other hand, the crime problem is uh, clearly has bedeviled her as it has to some extent previous mayors. Uh, yes, it, uh, it, it. We're not the only city right now, Chicago, to be suffering problems uh, with crime in the wake of COVID. Uh, but it seems to be particularly raw and out of out of control here. And uh, you know, all that's led to a lot of quiet tire kicking behind the scenes in the political class about who might who might run, who's thinking about running or whatever. But at this point, she's got the job and nobody's announced against her. And, uh, you know, if somebody lives sh- in this city, I wish her good luck.
0: Well, and, and Greg, you know, we, we obviously heard the mayor's interview with The New York Times. She mentioned it, it's a tough time for mayors across the country. But what's interesting and maybe what's unique to Chicago is we, we've seen a lot of other chief executives within the city call it quits.
4: Uh yes, uh, she uh, she uh, and the Times reporter both referenced uh, the the mayor of Atlanta who's a hung, who decided to run not to run after new after one term. Uh, the mayor of Seattle did the same thing uh, a little bit earlier. Um uh you know, and Whitefoot could have said in the interview that, well, that, that's them, where Chicago's a different city, but she didn't. Uh, she kind of emphasized that, gee, look what's happened elsewhere. Uh, well, intentional or not, that seemed to send a message that, gee, folks, I'm not sure I'm going to do this again, uh, which, is the whole, which is, was my takeaway from the thing, that, there's, that uh, the mayor has now uh, really raised a question about, uh, about whether she's going to
2: seek the job again or not. Always good to get insight from Greg Hines, columnist. You read him at Cranes Chicago Business Online and in print. Money conversation that pays a big dividend. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. With companies looking to hire in a tight market, prospective employees are in position to ask for more, not just when it comes to salary. Joining us on the McGrath-Lexus business line, Tessa White, CEO of The Job Doctor, found online at thejobdoctor.com. Tessa, I mean, have we seen... any? Anything like this here where if an employee gets a job offer, they they seem to be in the driver's seat in in a way that they're not usually.
1: It's really interesting. I believe we're in the midst of an employee revolution. And it used to be that loyalty was one way company could call the shots. And I believe that now employees are calling the shots and saying, look, I'm not going to work for you unless you pay me fairly, unless you have a career plan for me and unless you treat me well
2: so if you get that offer you know okay we want you to come and work for us is it just negotiating over salary trying to get as much as possible are there other things that you can negotiate
1: there's actually about 15 things that you can negotiate and people don't realize that there's all of these different components but there's a couple that are especially important for people in this environment one is making sure that they aren't shortchanged and prorated on the new bonus that they get they leave a bonus it's a full payout And they forget they're going to get prorated for the bonus more than likely. And the other is, I'm a big believer in pre-negotiating your severance. In this environment where companies are consolidating and there's a lot of layoffs, I wouldn't take the risk of going to a new company unless I had pre-negotiated a severance. And it's a pretty easy thing to do when you're in the honeymoon period.
0: Is there a point, if you're an employee and you're you're making these demands, or not demand, but just trying to really lay out your expectations, does there become a point where maybe you push things too far and, and now the offer's off the table?
1: Yeah, you've got to be careful. You know, you don't get to just blaze in and call all the shots. This is a partnership. I tell people you should really look at about the top two or three things that are important to you. You know, for some people it's flexible schedules, for others it's pay. And there's a whole bunch of other things in between. Find out what they are and then make sure in your counteroffer, give them two different things that would both be accessible to you, two different packages, because then you're putting them in between, instead of a yes-no decision, you're putting them in between a yes-yes decision. And it does increase your odds of getting what you ask for.
2: Thanks so much for all of the details. I'm sure a lot of uh, prospective employees excited about this. That's Tessa White, CEO of The Job Doctor, found online at thejobdoctor.com. Still ahead, Travel Tuesday, exploring a journey to the Greek islands.
1: I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role.
2: This is Chicago's all news station, News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us. I'm Cisco Cotto.
0: And I'm Rachel Pearson. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM.
2: Government doctors revise mask guidance amid a surge of new COVID cases.
0: Testimony reveals the terror experienced by police during the riot at the Capitol by Trump supporters. In
2: Travel Tuesday, as Europe reopens to tourists, we look at the Greek islands as a potential destination.
0: Also on the travel front, how a credit card could come to your rescue when you're on a trip.
2: On the markets, quite a tumble here. The Dow down 221, NASDAQ down 2%. That's 321, and the S&P down 46 points.
0: The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is set to announce revised mask guidance this afternoon. CBS's Sabrina Cooper has the preview. According to a federal official that I've talked to, the new recommendations will have to do with masking up in areas where the spread of the virus is high. The report says new data suggests those who are fully vaccinated could have higher virus levels than first believed. Now the vaccine is still considered very effective in preventing hospitalizations and death. A CDC briefing is set for three o'clock this afternoon. States with low vaccination rates are experiencing a wave of new cases, mainly because of the highly contagious Delta variant.
2: Graphic details about the January attack on the Capitol by Trump loyalists are being revealed during the first hearing of a House select committee. We're going to be guided solely by the facts.
5: And here are the facts, says Chairman Benny Thompson.
2: The whole world saw the reality of what happened on January 6th.
5: D.C. police officer Michael Fanone saw it, experienced it, and is angered by members of Congress who deny it.
2: I feel like I went to hell and back to protect them and the people in this room. But too many are now telling me that hell doesn't exist or that hell actually wasn't that bad. The indifference shown to my colleagues is disgraceful.
5: And Fanon says those members
0: of Congress have betrayed their oath of office. Linda Kenyon, CBS News, Capitol Hill. You can take WBBM anywhere you go by using the Odyssey app, which now has hundreds of new exclusive music stations for music fans by music fans only on the Odyssey app. It's 1232.
2: The best daily deal in Chicago, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. The Noon Business Hour presented by the Village of Bedford Park, a podcast of the Business Hour, always available at WBBMNewsRadio.com and the Odyssey app. Markets in the red, they have been throughout the day. The Dow down 241, the NASDAQ down 323, and the S&P down 48 points. Let's see what's going on. Steve Esposito is here, Executive Director of Morgan Stanley Wealth Management in Lake Forest. Uh, Steve, what do you make of what you're seeing on Wall Street today?
6: Uh, hello, and thanks for having me. Uh, well, you got a sell-off going here because people are a little nervous about the Delta variant potential, mask mandates, a lot going on in China right now, uh, causing uh, that to put some... Uh, fear and in everybody inflation and supply chain issues so overall it's an emotional day i think people need to just calm down and look at the big picture and i do think the future is bright but right now just it's one of those days we'll see how it ends but a lot of things for people to think about today
2: important for you say it's one of those days important for people to remember you know one day does not make a market one day does not make a portfolio you're, you're going to have the ups and downs on, on the up days we're really happy days like this people are kind of sweating a little
6: Oh, that's to say at least, yeah. But, you know, I've been doing this almost four decades. So I've been through this before I don't know how many times. And you look at it as more of an opportunity for those people who have some cash to go in and do a little bit of buying where you can find some bargains. Um, again, you know, the, the supply chains are holding back numbers. But if you look through all the noise going on today and the algorithmic trading, you got to look at the the earnings are robust. They're, they're doing very well. The numbers are simply too low. The analysts have to raise numbers time and time again. They continue to have to raise the numbers going into there. Um, we're, doing make, we're making headway in terms of uh, the variant and everything else like that. If you can have faith in that going forward and look at the economy, the reopening of the economy, Europe eventually reopen. All of this bodes very, very well for the future of the economy and economic growth. Uh, we're, we're setting records. And um, I think that's gonna play well in the last quarter of this year and in the first half of next year, you'll start seeing some earnings reports and some growth in the economy that we haven't seen in decades. So let's focus on the positives when we get through this as opposed to the negatives. And uh, I think if you, you stay focused, there's some really good bargains out there. There really is right now.
0: Steve, let's talk about this tightrope that the Federal Reserve is, is walking today.
6: Um, yeah, that's, that's another issue. What is the Fed going to say? Uh, one breath, they're seeing the economy uh, doing well, but there's talk of more stimulus coming in uh, in Washington. So they're not sure where exactly that's going to play. The Fed wants is you know, worried about inflation, and rightfully so, but some inflation is not so bad. So again, more moving parts make it more along the lines of they're just going to sit tight and do nothing for now until they get more clarity. But generally speaking, when you look at the long treasury, that yield has to go up at some point. You can't continue to borrow money, sell bonds, and not have the yield go higher. So in a weird way, we are in the economy right now. Low interest rates are considered negative, and high interest rates are considered positive, which is all upside down. Combine that with everything else you're talking about, that's why investors are nervous. It's just nothing's making any sense right now.
2: Yeah, and yeah, you know, you, you start raising interest rates. Well, okay, that's good for some, but uh, on the other hand, other people would say, hey, we, we still have a recovery going on here.
6: Right, but, you know, rates are so low historically. If you look at a 10-year Treasury yield at one and quarter percent the uh, after-tax and after-inflation rate of return is actually negative going out 10 years. You'll actually lose money at the end of 10 years in treasury. So interest rates for bond investors simply aren't high enough. Bonds are, you'd be very careful with bonds, especially long-term bonds as an investor. There's not a lot of places to go with your money uh, to get income, other maybe dividend-paying stocks. There's fears of, of taxes going up next year. So investors are confused. But I think interest rates need to go higher at some point, not a lot higher, and they will, and that will signal good, good news. Uh, that the economy is getting better. And again, corporate profits, listen to what CEOs are telling you. Other than supply chain shortages, business is robust and the supply chain will catch up. And when it catches up, get out of the way. You're going to see massive increases in GDP and, and earnings, especially in cyclical companies uh, with dividends. That's where you want to be right now. You want to look at that going out six, 12 months.
0: Given what we're seeing, what's your advice to investors?
6: Calm down. Um, review what you're to make sure you stay with earnings. There's a lot of story stocks out there that we all hear about. Uh, A lot of investors just buying what's hot and what they can trade. And I would really recommend against that, uh, unless you're a professional, and even it's difficult for them. But if you're looking out, best way, Wayne Gretzky said it best, you go to where the puck is going to be, not where it is. So look out where you think will be six months, a year, two years from now on the economy. What industries will do the best going forward when the supply chains catch up? If you look at the, uh, the, um, the energy sector, you got $70 oil. If you look at the, um, the travel industry, that will come back. There's big demand there. The automobile industry, the financials, the banks are raising their dividends. They're buying back stock. They're saying the consumer is robust, business is good. Um, they're not lying to you. They're telling you the truth and their valuations of many of the companies in those industries are really cheap on all historic measures and especially since the earnings expectations are probably too low going and the valuations versus earnings are really low so that's where I'm concentrating I'm um, going get a dividend, I'll get a dividend too. So I'm very bullish. I'm not worried. The near-term stuff just gives me a headache.
0: Always appreciate the insight. Steve Esposito, Executive Director of Morgan Stanley Wealth Management based in Lake Forest. Up next in Travel Tuesday, planning a trip to paradise in the Greek islands.
6: Loaning useful
2: information each weekday. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's a double dose of Travel Tuesday on the Noon Business Hour. Coming up in just a few minutes, picking the right travel credit card to get the best perks right now exploring the possibility of a journey to the islands of greece joining us on the mcgrath lexus business line angie rice co-founder of boutique travel advisors the website travelbta.com. Uh, angie what is it about the greek islands that have them so hot these days
1: well first and foremost the Greeks are very welcoming to tourists right now. And I think it's important to recognize in a pandemic type situation, it's really important to go where people are welcoming you. Um, and also, it's a fantastic time as far as weather-wise to be in Greece.
2: When it comes to uh, the, the safety issue, that's what Americans obviously are concerned about. They want to go to Europe. They want to be safe. What's the, the vaccination situation in Greece right now?
1: Quite high, maybe higher than people might think. But again, similarly, like in the US, there are people who are just adverse to getting vaccinated. So that is playing a part in terms of the percentages. And like you said, as far as being safe, I think the Greek islands is is a place where you're more likely to be social distanced from the standpoint you're going to be on catamarans, boats, outdoors versus, you know, a trip to Paris or London where you're more likely to be in the pubs and up in museums where it's more indoors. So open air places like Greece, Croatia and the Caribbean offers more opportunity for social distancing.
0: Well, and it's some of those other secluded places. Sure, you know, Americans could could fly there. But I got to think that there might be some cost efficiency, maybe making our wallets a little happier. That makes the Greek islands just so uh, so welcoming. Yes,
1: I would say Greece as well as Croatia. I mean, they're both uh, next door to each other, so to speak. I was just uh, cruising Celebrity Apex where we. Um, ported out of Athens and returned via Athens, but we were able to stop at many of the Greek islands, Mykonos, Santorini, Rhodes, as well as we made a stop to Dubrovnik, which if you've not explored Croatia and you're not sure between Greece and Croatia, I highly recommend considering both islands.
2: And I'm trying to think as you're making a plan here, you, you want to go with a tour and a tour company? Do you want to venture off on your own or does that just depend on your own personality?
1: Definitely depends on your personality. For example, cruising versus a land itinerary is very different. Private charters is also uh, something that I would highly recommend. You can uh, take a catamaran for a weekly charter around the islands, and it's so private and exclusive exclusive and allows you to really kind of take your time you have more time at the ports because you're docking overnight um, so you don't have to get back on a ship as early and i'd also you know recommend that you look into private touring especially now more than ever you know we had an amazing private tour of the acropolis and of the museum while we were in athens and it really allowed for a great recap of Greek mythology to history, as well as, you know, more modern day times. And I was traveling with my niece and, and she learned a lot as well, such as the fact that, you know, uh, Athens is really the, the place where democracy was founded. And I think it's great to
0: be reminded of that and to share that experience, especially with families and young children. Thanks so much, Angie Rice, co-founder of Boutique Travel Advisors. Their website, again, travelbta.com. Join us at this time tomorrow for Personal Finance Wednesday. And still to come, picking the best credit card for when you travel.
2: Discussing the news affecting your money. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Part 2 of Travel Tuesday. We're examining the best credit cards for travelers and how the right one could be a huge help. We're joined by Ted Rossman, industry analyst at CreditCards.com. Ted, let's begin uh, one way that if you have the right travel credit card, it could help you out if you're in a jam.
5: I really like the trip interruption or trip cancellation insurance that comes on some cards like the Chase Sapphire Reserve and the Chase Sapphire Preferred. This is really great if you have to cancel because of illness or severe weather or Now, just to clarify, this isn't because you changed your mind and you're not comfortable going on the trip anymore. This is if something actually goes wrong. But in that event, it can really help you out if you're stranded or if you need to cancel.
2: Yeah. Being being clear when it comes to you just changing your mind, there's not much you can do. At the very least, there's going to be some sort of a fee.
5: Yes. The airlines have made their cancellation policies a lot more generous So you may be able to reschedule without any fee and get a voucher, but that's not really a travel insurance thing. Um, But there are some great credit card perks, you know, besides the one we just mentioned. uh, You can also get rental car insurance. You can get coverage if your baggage is lost or delayed. Uh, And this all comes included on many credit cards.
2: So you say if uh, if the luggage is lost or delayed, I mean, what what do they do? Do they give you money? Do, do, do some sort of compensation? Do they call and, and actually connect with the airline and go, hey, what's up with this luggage? I mean, what do they do?
5: Basically, the way it works is they can reimburse you for eligible expenses. So if the luggage is actually lost, you can hopefully get reimbursed for the contents of all of your belongings. Um, But what's really helpful, too, even if it's just delayed, some cards like, you know, those uh, Chase cards I mentioned, or also a couple of United cards are good at this. The United Explorer card, United Quest card, they'll actually give you like $100 a day for eligible expenses. So you could buy toiletries, you could buy clothes, you could buy a cell phone charger. Uh, It just tides you over until you get reunited with your stuff.
0: You sort of touched on some travel cards that provide rental car insurance. That's something I can get when I get a rental car. So how is this different?
5: This will let you save money. The best coverage to look for is primary car rental insurance. And again, those Chase Sapphire cards really stand out here. That means that you can be covered for any sort of collision damage without having to go through your own personal insurance company. A lot of credit card rental car insurance is secondary, which could still be useful, but you have to go through your own insurer. They might raise your rates. Um, the primary rental car coverage when it comes with a, a credit card could save you maybe 20 or $30 a day.
0: Thanks for the advice. That's Ted Rossman, industry analyst at creditcards.com. If you missed any part of today's show, you can catch our stream and just skip back to the time you want. There's also a pause and rewind function that works both online and with the Odyssey app.
5: We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s?
2: You here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per
5: line per month with eligible trade in when you switch.